Welcome to Shadow Work. What the fuck? If you've been thinking, uh, what the fuck is Shadow Work and how does it help me? You're in the right place. This is your go-to podcast that will answer all your questions as well as give you the tools to dig into your shadow so you can set yourself free from the bullshit holding you back and finally start manifesting that juicy as fuck life I know you've been dreaming of. I'm your host, Caitlin Hosking, the shadow work queen and coach to fierce as fuck women who want to heal their shit so they can drop the self-sabotage and take control of their futures. I know shadow work can feel a little bit scary, so if you're new here, don't stress. I'm here to demystify the spook and bring some fun to the heavy. So get ready to learn, cry, laugh, and finally understand why the fuck you do what you do so you can quit playing small and start manifesting those big dreams. So without any further ado, let's jump into this episode. Hello, hello, my darling, and welcome back to Shadow Work. What the fuck? This one is actually, I was thinking, wow, it's weird that I haven't spoken to this yet um, and done a podcast episode considering it used to be my entire niche. This is the only thing I used to work with. But when I sat with it, I was like, no, this is actually perfect timing because we are coming into Christmas. We are coming into that season and there is a lot of food around and a lot of us can feel very out of control around food. We can feel like we binge and uh, emotionally eat and all of those things. And I think that Christmas and being in that environment can actually trigger it to be worse. So I think that the timing is actually perfect. So today we are speaking all things binge eating and why we can't stop or why you feel you can't stop. And I have worked with hundreds and hundreds of women on this particular issue and I know how paralyzing and painful it can be because food is something that is kind of weird in society and not just food, like body image as well. Because it's uh, like there's so much societal pressure to like look a certain way. And, you know, if you eat a certain way and then you look a certain way because of the way you eat, then you're out of control and blah, blah, blah. And then we have all these stories about not being good enough. And and I know how deeply people struggle with this. And personally, it's not been something I've overly struggled with. Um, I have struggled with the binge drinking side of things and overdoing that. But what I have found is that binge drinking, binge eating, binge anything is never about what we're binging on and always about some things happening underneath. So I want to speak to that today because I think it can start to shed a lot of light on a topic that can feel quite embarrassing for a lot of people. Um, There's a lot of shame associated to this. There's a lot of guilt around the way that we can consume food and other things because of the pressures from society. So I hope that this really brings in a little bit of light and helps you start to shift things, especially moving in to Christmas. So let's get into why we binge. So I have six reasons of why people actually binge today. And it's, there's a... They can all link in. You may have all of them. You may only see yourself in a few of them. So take what resonates, leave what doesn't as always, and we'll get into what to do about it after we go through some of the reasons that we do. So the first thing is that binge eating is not the problem. I know it feels like the problem, but it is the symptom of an underlying problem. That's why I said binge drinking binge eating, binging on anything is always stemming from the same thing. So if you start to look at those things as, oh, my behavioral pattern right now is actually a symptom. 
I need to stop trying to solve that because most people try to solve binge eating through discipline. And yes, it's a part of it. But when we just try to hard discipline without looking at the underlying causes, it never sticks. That's why people yo-yo diet. It's why they bounce like uh, like they always start again Monday. It's an all or nothing mindset and we keep running the same problems. So when we start to go, okay, great. I need to stop focusing on the binge eating as my problem and start getting really curious. Hmm. Why am I eating? Where did that come from? What is it that's really going on underneath that has to do with the food and the reason I'm using food? What does eating actually give me in those moments? Because you might go, well, it just gives me guilt and shame. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. Because we don't do things that just give us guilt and shame. Humans aren't wired that way. We are wired to move away from that. So even though it feels that we keep running the same patterns and running into guilt and shame, there is a little moment of something happening, you deciding to binge eat, and then the guilt and shame coming up between the you deciding and the, the you eating bit. There is something that it gives you there. So look and get curious. Even if you find yourself in the middle of a binge, if you find yourself there and you realize, fuck, I'm binging. I've gone completely unconscious and I'm not thinking about what I'm eating. I'm just consuming. Instead of just shaming yourself and being like, oh, I'm always like this and blah, blah. Just be like, what was going on? How was I feeling when I was actually eating? And maybe the answer is you're feeling numb. And numbness for you is better than feeling anxious or sad or depressed. So start to bring awareness to that. And that leads me into number two of why we binge. We use food to control how we feel. So if we feel like shit, (laughs) if we don't feel good, we're not having a good day. We're feeling low of energy as well or tired. We will reach for food to give us that pick-me-up, to make us feel happier, to make us feel more energetic. Um, As I said before, to make us feel numb because we're feeling really uncomfortable in our body. And when we eat, if you think about if like your body and it being empty, all of the emotions and all the things kind of have everywhere to go and it just kind of moves around. Whereas when we have food in there, it actually fills us up. And so our cells and stuff and our emotions can't vibrate quite as high. So that's why it dulls those sensations in our body. And it feels good to eat and to fill ourselves up on food. So notice how you use food to control how you feel. The other thing about food and why it's a really good way to control how we feel, apart from the fact it does give us energy naturally, We, the food that we binge on is often related to memories that we have from the past. So it's not very often that you will find someone binging on apples. (laughs) Maybe. I think there was like Freely the Banana Girl at one stage. She had a lot of bananas. But that was a whole thing. That wasn't binging. That was a whole other thing. But people tend to be binging on high sugary foods and... These are related to, if you think about going to a party when you're a kid and all your friends are there and you feel really good and there's all this amazing sweet food. 
it's associated to if you eat all of your vegetables, then you'll get dessert. So it's a reward system for you. Your grandma, who you felt really connected to, she may have passed away. She used to always feed you these particular cookies. And that's the thing that you reach for. Your mum used to get in the car and have heaps of fun with your mum and dad and then go to Macca's and, you know, eat all this delicious food. So you binge on Macca's. So noticing how the foods that you actually choose and what you've associated those foods to and how that when you're eating them, it actually connects you to a time and a place that's not in the present reality that feels calmer and happier and more free for you. Number three. Food is meeting a need of yours, potentially to belong and to connect. So I've had a lot of clients who come to me and they say um, they will be binge eating or like overeating even. It doesn't necessarily have to be binge eating, but overeating because all of their friends do it. All of their, their partner does it. And they're scared that if they're not going to eat the same way, that it's going to disconnect them from their friendship circles, from their partner, from the way that you spend quality time with people. This especially was a problem when I lived in Melbourne and all of my clients were in Melbourne because the way that people spend time in Melbourne is going out and there tends to be a lot of overeating and overdoing it, which can feel like binge eating. And it's like, I'm not going to go into that actually, but just, I was like, that's a whole other conversation, but it's this overeating overconsumption and looking at what that gives you. And when you're doing that, so if you have a tendency to notice that you don't really overeat or binge eat by yourself, but you do it around other people, there's generally a need to connect there. Number four, you're starving yourself and then you overeat to compensate. This is something I see all the fucking time as well. Clients saying, I can't stop binging. I can't stop binging. I can't stop binging. I say, what do you eat during the day? And they're like, oh, nothing. (laughs) Too busy to eat. So they get home and, or they're driving home. And then cause they've like done all the work. So their like brain is kind of switched off. Their sensation in their body is I'm fucking starving. Oh my God. And if you ever heard the saying, don't go to the grocery store with a hungry belly the same thing counts for going to take out places because we get there and our eyes are bigger than our belly and we see all of this food and we just want to feel more comfortable and we want to feel full because we're now in like the primal part of our brain. So we start to like get all of these things and we sit there and we eat so fast that we, our hormones don't have time to click in that we're actually full. So there's, um, there's a hormone changeover when we eat food. You don't need to know the names, but I like it. (laughs) I like the two names of the hormones because it helps me remember. So ghrelin is what is in our system when we're hungry. And we can remember that because it's growling ghrelin. (laughs) So our stomachs are growling. And then when we start to eat, what starts to be released as our stomach expands is a thing called leptin or lovely leptin. And that gives us that feeling of fullness. But the thing about the body is that it takes time for these hormones to be produced. And so if you eat super fast, then your, your brain can't catch up. Your feelings can't catch up. So you'll still feel hungry. And so if you're starving yourself all day and then overeating constantly at night and binging, that's probably a big reason why. 
And the other thing about um, the hormones is that you can start to build a tolerance to uh, feeling leptin. So if you're used to eating a lot, then that is going to cause like hormonal changes in your body. To solve that, you have to get used to just eating less and your stomach and your hormones will start to readjust to where you're at now. So there may be a period where you feel a little bit hungry afterwards. And for that, like the way I changed this. um, So I, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't think I've ever said it, but I have a degree in nutrition and I'm very qualified in nutrition things and I don't coach it. So please don't come at me (laughs) for it. But the, here's a little like nutrition hack. If you're like, Oh, I do the starving myself thing. And I feel like I eat too much. Um, and I feel really hungry is that you want to bulk up your foods. So, but you want to bulk them up with the good things. So for me, I used to eat a lot for training and going to the gym and all of that. And when I stopped training so hard, I found it really, I struggled a lot, um, with feeling hungrier. And so I would bulk it up with the good things. So I'd eat, you know, lots more vegetables or more spinach or whatever it was that was like lower calories, but higher density to give myself that full stretch feeling in my belly, because that's what I really wanted. So you will start to like get better and my stomach's adjusted now. So I don't eat nearly as much as I used to, but if you find that you have been eating a lot and you have a high tolerance for leptin and it takes a long time for that to kick in for you to feel full, then make sure you are eating like bulk foods that are lower in those calories and higher in the nutrient density because that's going to fill you up and then you won't find yourself overcompensating so much with high sugary and fat foods. The other piece here is that when, you, uh, when you're starving, when you're really hungry, because we're in that primal part, our brain wants high sugar and high fat foods because they are the most energy dense foods. And it thinks that you will, you're going to like, it thinks that it only has like one chance to eat and it wants to get as many calories in because that's how you're going to survive. So your brain will convince you, Hey, you need all of these high fat calorie. That's why you're like Macca's, burgers, chips, warm food. Oh my God. Like all of those things feel like extra juicy and delicious when you're hungry. Um, you're going to be more prone to do that because that's what your body's actually craving because it's in this like starvation situation. So how we solve that is a, yes, you need to eat um, more nutrient dense foods and like you can bulk those up if you find yourself super hungry. And the other thing is eat regularly throughout the day. Okay. I know it's hard if you haven't listened to the overachiever episode and you find yourself constantly busy and pushing and all of those things, I would go and listen to that, that episode. Cause it will help you understand that if you're starving yourself throughout the day, why you're doing that and not taking breaks for yourself. So listen to that and then start to change this by going, great. I need to eat regularly like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For me, I'm a three meal a day person. That's all I need. There's some people who need to eat six times a day. So having snacks in your car um, or meals already pre-made, things at home, whatever it is that you need, but eating regularly so you're not at that point where you're so famished at the end of the day that you don't give a fuck anymore and you just turn into like this ravaging, hungry monster for anything and you don't care because you're so hungry and your prefrontal cortex, the logical part of your brain has switched off. 
So avoid that situation. All right. That was completely different to what I normally talk about, but I hope that really (laughs) for someone that will click and you'll be like, oh my God, it's because I need to eat regularly and that will solve the problem. Beautiful. Number five, hyperfixating on binge eating is a way to avoid a real problem. I have seen that a lot of the time talking about binge eating, even though there can be shame and guilt associated with it, it's easier to speak to binge eating and blame diet and body image than it is to look at the underlying trauma that is actually going on that needs to be addressed that would help clear all that up. So when you start to look at your life, if you have a really big tendency to binge eat and to use food as a coping mechanism, it generally will stem back to some serious shit that happened and it was your way to avoid the pain. So if we actually go and clean up that pain and all the shadows and all the trauma and all the shame associated to that pain that was driving it, that have may have nothing to do with the eating, then it's going to help. It's just going to naturally fix it and solve it. This is what I really did for my drinking. There was this and how I used drinking to control how I felt socially as well and to belong. So it was like, yeah, my drinking was one. I used it to control how I felt. So if I felt like shit or flat or lethargic, um, I would use it to feel like happy and free. And then I used it uh, to meet a need to belong because I felt like when I was drunk, I could connect with people better and I was more social. And the last one was I would focus on drinking being the problem rather than what was actually going on. And a lot of the time I had a lot of relationship trauma playing out. Um, And if I just focused on drinking being the problem, it meant I didn't actually have to go and feel and feel uncomfortable in all the relationship stuff that I was actually struggling with. So something to think about. And number six, finally, you may use your weight and how you look due to the eating as a reason that you can't do or have things. So this is when you have a story of when I look or do X, I can have X, Y, and Z. This could be relationships, this could be business, this could be money, career, children, um, all of those things. And given, okay, maybe not the children part because that can be a medical thing. But like if, actually, you know what? It can also be that. So what I mean by that is, yes, while there may be a, you know, biological requirement of weight loss in order to have children it's not when we just keep focusing and using the weight as the problem there actually may be a fear around having the child okay and the responsibility that that brings and the things that that brings up for you so by not solving or not um, doing the stuff around the binge eating then you don't actually have to go into the space of having to sort out what's going on there for you Same with the relationship. If you believe that once you lose weight, then you'll find a loving partner or whatever it is, there may be a deep fear of vulnerability or, um, I don't know, whatever's playing out and you're really scared to get hurt again. 
So it's like, if I just hold this weight, and this is a story, you could literally have a partner at any size or weight or eating habit. It's not a thing, but we believe it is. And we hold on to that and hold that as our truth because then we don't have to go and do the thing. Yeah. If it's showing up online, and this is something I've seen a lot with my clients as well, because a lot of them do run businesses and it's not a requisite prerequisite to work with me, by the way, but a lot of them tend to wanting, you know, want to run businesses and do those sorts of things. And they're like, well, I can't because, you know, I'm too big or I'm too this or I'm too that or blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, you're just using that as your reason to avoid the vulnerability or the potential rejection that you may come up from you actually doing the thing you want. So look at your reasons of where you say, once I look, have control, my food eating image, if I did that, then I would have this. And if you actually started doing those things, if you started showing up for your business and showing up on dating apps and showing up and blah, 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 I guarantee that all of the eating stuff will actually start to get easier and start to clean itself up because your identity changes. This is a piece that I used to quit smoking. And this, like, a lot of the things I figured out because I just test, I just like lived my life and I tested and tried things and it took years and it just sort of changed. And then I realized what had happened um, on reflection. So you guys are so lucky because you're, I'm telling you this and you don't need to wait like six years to figure it out. You, you can actually bypass a lot of the waiting time and a lot of the trials that I had to move through if you actually take what I say and apply it to your life. My friend Michelle actually put out this email the other day about um, the beauty of like mentorship and coaching and all of this work, especially when you pay for it. And, you know, I know I put out free content because I know that sometimes we can't and there's things coming up and blah, blah, blah. But the beauty of playing for these things is that we actually apply it to our lives and we have accountability and all of those things. So that's another side note, but she was speaking to, um, yeah, paying for it. And she said, it's like when you go to a theme park and if you just go and like have a normal pass, you have to wait up, wait in all the lines. And sometimes those lines are like an hour and a half, two hours long. And you're in the sun and you're like, Oh my God, this sucks. Um, and you, and then you get on the ride and it's amazing and it's so fun. And then you have to go wait for another two or three hours. But if you get one of those passes that takes you straight to the front of the line, you get on the ride, you ride it, you have so much fun. And then you get the next one, the next one. And you just like have this amazing day and you're not waiting the whole time. That is what this work will do for you. That's what mentorship does for you. That's what coaching does for you is that all of the things that I tell you guys is to give you that fast pass to get on the ride faster so you can start living the way you want to live and feel the way you want to feel. So the smoking thing, <laughs> this is a point of me telling you, this took me six years to see how I quit smoking. So I quit smoking because my identity actually shifted. So when I started smoking, I also drank. Um, I didn't eat very well. Like I just didn't care what I ate and just ate a lot of junk food. Um, I didn't go to the gym. I partied a lot. Like my whole identity was like unhealthy partier thing. 
And over time, I started to make small changes in my life. So the first thing was my diet and I went vegetarian. I started eating really healthy, all of those things. The next thing I did was I went to the gym and I was going to the gym really consistently, but I was still smoking. (laughs) I was still smoking. And eventually I was hanging out with all of these people and none of them smoked. And I was like, this just doesn't work. Like, it's not who I am showing up as. It's not who my friends are. It's not what I'm surrounded by. Like, smoking actually doesn't fit in with who I am now. And I was able to quit a lot easier than when I tried to force myself to quit before I changed my identity. So this is point number six, is that when you do the thing, when you are like out there in your dating and you're showing off your business and you're feeling confident and you're living the life you want, these old patterns aren't going to fit in. And so you don't need discipline to change them. There'll be discomfort that comes up that you will work through, but you won't need such hard discipline and you won't be constantly craving it. Cause for me, it was just like, it, I just don't want to, it. it just doesn't work for me anymore. It's just not who I am. And that's what will happen for you. So go and do the thing first. This point is not written here, but it put, it came into my head. So this is number seven. It came into my head as I was speaking. I also want to just say like the food industry, and this is what I know from a lot of research as well and go to uni and whatever. The food industry designs its food for you to be addicted to it as well. So this is not solely on you. There needs to be responsibility put onto the food industry. However, however, you can still change your eating habits without them needing to change their food. But it's important to note that their food can be and is designed for you to be addicted to it. That's why we don't just eat one chip in the bag. It's why it's very hard to eat one thing of chocolate. It takes a lot of discipline um, around that to just have one because it triggers all of the like dopamine centers in our brain that are like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And we want to keep eating it. And it also tricks our hormones. So we're not getting as much as that of that leptin, that lovely leptin I said about the fullness. And so we just end up um, overeating as well, even when we don't necessarily want to. So I wanted to add that in there because like, yes, there is a psychological side and an emotional side and a trauma side and a shadow side to this. And I have seen a lot of that. And a lot of the shadows playing out here can be around being thin or being sexy or being wanted. Um, we put all of that into the shadow because it doesn't feel safe for us to have those qualities and binge eating keeps those away from us. And there's like a million more that I'm not going to get into, but from a food industry point of view, it's important to note that they put things in your food. And so when it comes to food choices, it can help you stop binge eating by making better food choices. So that's the high nutrient density foods, lots of vegetables, lots of colors, good quality protein, uh, grains, rice, those sorts of things. So eating a lot more of that is actually going to help with this as well. But if you find it like impossible to just make those decisions, um, or your emotions are so uncomfortable around it, then that's a psychological reason and a emotional reason. And that is what needs to be looked at here rather than just saying, well, Caitlin said it was the food industry because they make my food addictive. And it's like, (laughs) 
<laughs> don't give away all of your power to them because that's how they're winning. Okay. Uh, cool. So what do you do? Firstly, look at your fears about not, not eating that way. You know, this is the last point. So I fear that I'll lose weight and need to put myself out there to date and may get rejected. I fear that I'll really need to show up for my business and I may get rejected and it won't work out and everyone will see me as a failure. I fear that the discomfort of saying no to food and having that really intense desire will consume me and I won't be able to stop it and I will fall apart because of it. I fear that if I don't eat this way, I won't be able to fit in anymore with my partner's friends, family. So just brain dump all of the fears that come up. Don't overthink it. Just see what comes up and just write it down. This is a activity. So there's a book called Existential Kink from Carolyn Elliott. If you want to read it, like by all means, it probably will trigger the shit out of you. Um, but there's really good activities. I've read it like four times, five times to get it. It, you need to be in a good place and to read it. So if you're just starting shadow work and this is the start of your journey and you have a lot of shame and guilt, please do not read that book. It is not the time or the place. If you have been doing shadow work for a while and you feel like you can kind of laugh about your shadows and the shit that comes up and you think it's kind of funny at this stage, then go read that book. But in that book, there is an activity called the deepest fear inventory. And the activity is basically going, I'm probably going to butcher it. So bear with me, especially if you've read the book, but you go, I refuse dear universe. I refuse to stop binge eating because I deeply fear blah, because I deeply fear blah, those sorts of things. So you just like let that out of why you actually refuse to let this pattern go. And the, the strangest things start to come out, okay? Then after that, you're meant to call someone and read it to it to them and then ask the universe to remove these fears and then you get rid of the piece of paper. Um, so that's that activity. It's in the book if you want to read it. That's existential kink. So E-X-I-S-T-E-N-T-I-A-L kink, K-I-N-K, Carolyn Elliott. And I think it's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-A-L-L-I-O-T. Cool. If I saw existential, right, without looking at it, that's amazing. <laughs> so the next thing you do and can do after looking at your fears is do your shadow work on the binge eating part or the healthy part. Because if you see yourself as binge eating and really unhealthy and all of that, that's actually not in your shadow. It's out of your shadow. You want it to be in your shadow. What's in your shadow is the healthy, disciplined uh, control part. So you can start to do your shadow work with the thing that you're not embodying right now and start to unpack to understand more about why that's in the shadow and why it doesn't feel safe to come out. And you can speak with this binge eating part of, um, you know, how are you really helping me? What are you giving to me? Why aren't you letting go of control? The next thing, figure out what needs to change and add things in rather than taking them out. So most of us probably had this experience of when you take something away, for example, uh, you're like, I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm not going to eat ice cream. I'm not going to eat pizza, whatever it is. As soon as you say you're not going to do that and you can't do that, all of a sudden it's all you want is a lovely little psychological thing that we do in our brain. And for anyone who I think it was just Australia or maybe it was Australia, the US, but when COVID hit and <laughs> 
uh, there was like this whole toilet paper fiasco and everyone was like, oh my God, we're not going to have toilet paper. And so everyone went and like stocked up on it because they were so afraid of not having toilet paper. And that obviously makes the problem worse. But that thing in the brain that's like triggering that fear response is the same thing that will happen to you if you remove something without adding something in. So the trick here is to go, well, instead of binge eating to cope with my feelings and and to deal with my feelings, what else can I do? And one trick that I've gotten many clients to do is like put a jar in your either in your room or in the pantry or in the fridge that has a whole bunch of activities in it. You can repeat activities that could be go for a walk, um, have a shower, brush your teeth, watch a funny episode of family guy or one family, uh, call a friend, run, do 20 jumping jacks, like whatever it is. And you do those things instead of eating because it will give you something to do. Otherwise, you'll just sit on the couch and all you'll think about is the fact that you can't eat right now and just it'll drive you completely nuts and probably fry your nervous system to the point where you're like, ah, that's it, I don't care. And then you'll just do it anyway. So always add things in, don't take them away. And the last thing is learning to feel the discomfort that comes up and regulate yourself in that. Most people don't, it's funny that we don't realize that what we're actually responding to is desire and intense desire in our body is actually super uncomfortable to say no to. Okay. So when that desire is coming up and we're saying no, it's like, it's all we can think about. We hyperfixate and it makes us super uncomfortable to sit in that position with that feeling. So when you learn to regulate that feeling, it's going to get a lot easier for you to say no to the food and to do the other things. It's not going to be perfect. It's not like (laughs) I've had clients come back and be like, well, you know, I'm doing all the things, but I still feel uncomfortable. Of course, because it's going to take time for you to switch over. Okay. It does take time and that's okay. So allow yourself to learn to feel uncomfortable in your body and not react from that place from old patterns but respond to it from who you want to be in this world. So that is all things binge eating. I hope that is super helpful. And if you know that you struggle with this and you know that there's underlying psychological and emotional stuff there that is driving patterns and maybe it's not binge eating um, or you're like, it's binge eating, it's people pleasing, it's um, binge drinking it's numbing out netflix and instagram and this and that like there's a whole bunch of things coming up for you and you can feel the stuff in your body and you want to move through that and let that go then i invite you to the ignite retreat which is february 2nd to 5th on the sunny coast maruchador queensland there is just a few spots left and it's going to be fucking epic It's about really getting to the root of these problems and not blaming the symptom. It's about moving that through your body and giving yourself expansiveness and a regulated nervous system and doing the shadow work around this in order for you to walk away feeling really, really fucking good about who you are and being in control of your behavior and showing up in this world the way you want to and just deeply, deeply healing in a way that feels most fulfilling for you. So if you want to do that and that sounds interesting to you and you want to know more details, all you have to do is go to the show notes and you'll click on the link and then you will go to a landing page. You'll put in all your details and then you'll get the 
uh, all the information in your email, then you get the application, you apply, and then you book in a call with me and we can have a chat and make sure it's the right fit. As I said, limited spots are left. Not everyone gets in because it needs to be right for the container, for you, for everyone else that's there. So just know that it's not a guarantee. And if you're not 100% sure that it's right for you or it can help you, apply anyway and we'll just chat. And if you want to do this work one-on-one, make sure you apply as well. That's also in the show notes. But apart from that, I'll chat to you all next episode. And if you've loved it, please share, please write a review, please put those little stars. Give me five stars. I love five stars because I'm still a child at heart and I like getting gold stars. (laughs) Um, And if you have any questions or you want to share anything that's come up today, make sure you shoot that through either my email is caitlin at completebycaitlin.com or on Instagram, complete underscore by Caitlin. But apart from that, I'll chat with you all next week.